I'm excited today to welcome Peter Mantel to our Put Your Numbers to Work podcast. Peter is a part of Independent Consultants of America, and he has been working with one of our clients, who's a growth force client and an asperity client, and he walked through and managed the process of applying for the Corona Act funding, and specifically the Payroll Protection Program application. I thought, when I listened to what he did, I thought, why not share that with everybody? So Peter, tell us about the client that we worked on and what you did. Yeah, sure, Stephen, good afternoon. Uh, this is a client who, a small business owner who has been in business for about two and a half years. It is a, it is a restaurant. Uh, we're doing about uh, 1.3 million a year in gross sales, or at least we were. Good business. Until the government uh, came in and of course mandated uh, that most all non-essential businesses be closed. Right. It created, uh, you know, quite a stir among the business community. And I would like to give the Small Business uh, Administration tremendous credit for acting quickly to try to alleviate a, a, a very serious issue among small business everywhere in the country. So I'd like to just tell you a little bit about what I've found, and that is that most all small businesses have a bank that they do business with. And if that bank is registered with the FDIC and they're insured, uh, all of these banks will, will carry the application, the SBA triple P or payroll protection plan application. The first step is to contact your banker either by phone or online and request the forms. There's no, there's no about three or four pages. There's a lot of detail to fill out. But what I'm going to try to do is to give you uh, the top line um, information on what is important and what you can do and then what, how you have to account for what you're doing. Excellent. Thank you. So the first thing is uh, we'll take a hypothetical example that a business owner needs first to be in business uh, on February 20th, 2020. Okay. So that's, that's good news. And what the payroll protection plan uh, accommodates is basically um, two and a half times the average monthly payroll as a rolling average over the preceding 12 months. Okay. So let us just simply take a hypothetical example. In the case of this client, which was fairly close, the um, payroll times 2.5 averaged uh, $150,000 a month. Okay. So <clears throat> we would take 2.5 times that number and that would be the gross allocation that the business owner would apply for. Now there's a couple of very important stipulations that you have to know about it. The first is that only, um, I have some really good notes here, only 25% of the loan itself can be used for other than payroll purposes and 75% needs to be dedicated solely for paying people. Now let me clarify this a step further. In this particular case, there were 20 full-time employees and 12 of them had to be furloughed due to the closing of the store. So um, 
when we would take the 75% of the allocated money, that will cover about eight and a half weeks. And what it's intended to do for small business owners is to pay those people every week or in the manner they've been accustomed to being paid so that they will have an income and that when this thing is over and the target is the end of June, it's the eight and a half weeks, right? that the, the employee um, will be retained at pay, will not have to file for unemployment insurance, and then will be in a position so the business owner won't lose that employee right. to be called back to work uh, as soon as this is over. Okay, now, what are the categories that are covered under payroll? They are the following, gross pay, or base pay, either or, overtime, the components that one would pay for, such as uh, federal unemployment or FUTA, mm -hmm. state unemployment, if that is applicable in your state, or SUI, FICA, and any tips and gratuities that are paid to employees as a regular part of their compensation. It also includes the continuance of healthcare and benefit costs if an employee was in a pre-re-enrolled plan. So th this is very important. So I advise this particular client because he'll be accountable for the funding and how it was spent after the eight and a half weeks are up to create a, a separate bank account out of which these funds can be drawn. And that way, um, let us say at the end of eight and a half weeks, there's $40,000 left that has not been used. That, that the spending of that money on payroll and the non-payroll items that the other 25% of the loan will cover, such as um, rent, um, rental payments, if there are payments on necessary equipment, um, uh, if there is inventory replacement that is required to keep open on a minimal level, all of those things are covered and they're all very clearly identified in the guidelines. So the very first thing I would suggest that the owner do, and he might want to do it with his banker and with his CPA, is to go over very thoroughly what the guidelines say. It's very, very clear but there's just a lot of stuff to it as there normally is. Now, at the end of the eight and a half week period, the owner, other than accounting for uh, everything, he needs to turn in that. He could, if he wishes, retain the unused funds and request to do that in writing. And he would have up to 10 years to repay it. It would create a a loan, an SBA loan at simple interest of 4% a year. So um, once again, his banker has um, great knowledge of this. Now there are a couple of other little things that are very important that I found out only through further research. And that is if you are a small business and either private equity or venture capital 
have, a, have an investment in your business of greater than 35%, you may or you may not be eligible for this program. And regarding that, you should talk to your CPA and your banker and get clarification up front to ensure that you're not over that limit. Uh, I just got a set of guidelines, Stephen, from the SBA that I wanted to read that's very quick, but it's extremely important. And it says, what happens if triple P loan funds are misused? If you should misuse funds for any purposes, the SBA will direct you to repay those amounts immediately. If you knowingly use funds for an unauthorized purpose, such as not retaining employees on the payroll or for personal use, you will be subject to additional liability for the funds charged. If one of your shareholders, your members, your partners, or anybody from private equity or venture capital were to misuse any portion of the funds, the same applies. So the applicant needs to just certify that they were in business on February 15th, 2020. They will need to certify that the funds will be used to retain workers and maintain payroll, and that the other 25% could be applied to mortgage interest, rent, lease or utility payments, and so forth. And then when the loan is amortized and, and, and the accountability is documented and goes back to the SBA, it has to be very clear in the two categories, payroll related and other business category related, the specific amounts and the use for which category. So it's really just a matter of being able to follow um, what happens. Now this particular client, Stephen, uh, like yourself, is an insperity client. So when it came time to get all of the payroll records that included um, FICA and SUI and um, uh, the benefit payments, workers' comp, it was simply a matter of one phone call to Insperity Payroll, and within five hours, we had all of the documentation we needed to be able to take it to the bank, talk to the CPA, and then fill out all the correct numbers um, that were required. So if you're an Insperity client, it's, and you know, you're overwhelmed right now with your many things that are going on in the business, I encourage you to call your BPA or call your client liaison. You can go online on the Insperity portal and it's simply a matter of a phone call and it can be um, just expedited in a matter of a half a day. So that, that was very encouraging. And they're looking for 941 forms, right? That's the legal document that will tell you what that historical cost of payroll, right? That's, that is exactly correct. So it, it eliminates any guesswork or at the end of the day, any, any implied misinterpretation of what you think something should be. When you get the documentation from Insperity Payroll, it is what it is. And it's true with any, with any payroll, right? With any payroll company, they can do that. Well, but that's true. I mean, surely, whether, whether it's a, a payroll company, um, 
Well, although although I am hearing from my clients, there's a big difference between some of the service providers you're calling a contact center and some of the service provider actually calling somebody who knows your business. This is a good difference between the, the level of care and, and depth and breadth of service that you get. Well, that, that, that's exactly right. What, what I've heard is that many um, just simply payroll companies, and I, I really can't mention them while we're doing this broadcast, but most small business owners know who the primary competitors out there that just offer payroll. What they've simply done is say, we're going to, we're going to send you the form. We're going to provide you a thick pack of payroll documents and data and you're on your own. Yeah. So what happens, what happens if you end up firing someone? So you had 22 employees at the store, at the restaurant and, and, he, and, he, and the owner had to let some people go. Does, do you do you exclude those people in the amount that you're applying for, or does that just stay as a loan and not a grant? Well, if the that is really unclear. I mean, common sense would say that if before the operation closed and an employee were were uh, terminated for cause for whatever reason, they would not be eligible because they would not be called back to work after the eight and a half week period was over. But, but they want to make sure that they want to make sure that the payroll level stays the same, right? So the amount of the grant is only if you keep your people, right? If you, if you let your people go, it's a loan. Well, actually right? the, you know, to, according to the SBA and to make it simple, you know, to try to actually document over a period of a year, who came, who left, who was terminated, who wasn't, and so forth, it is, it is simply the preceding year's payroll, including all the components we just discussed. And then we take, it's a monthly average times uh, 2.5, which equates to eight full weeks of eight and a half weeks of payroll. And that's the number. Right. So yeah, in, in terms of not having to overwork it, if, if someone is terminated for cause or was before um, the change in the way we did business occurred, that person probably will file for unemployment. And, but, the, but then you're not going to get a grant to cover that person. If, no. you, if, you, if you apply for the whole two and a half times your labor and you let some people go, my understanding is that um, the, the amount of the, of the grant gets reduced by the amount you lowered your payroll cost and you have to pay that back as a loan. I'm not aware that that's either true or untrue, Stephen. I don't know. Okay. okay. Well, Peter, thanks for jumping on on here. Does that include the payroll processing fee like Insperity's fee or the other payroll company fee? Yes, yes, it does because it's a legitimate cost of payroll. Yeah, good. And one of the things we're suggesting to people is in your accounting system, you should set up a COVID-19 account and, or a class and a customer so you can track all when you're paying money out and it's for the expenses of getting through this crisis, at least you have it all accumulated in one account. Well, that's exactly right. And this is why I'm <clears throat> recommending to this particular client and others, don't commingle the funds. It just gets too difficult. Set up a, if you want to call it a COVID account or a special SBA account, whatever you want to call it is fine. And just simply allocate 
and uh, expenses and pay out of that account. And then when it's over, you have a remainder, you close out the account, you do the accountability and the stewardship, the money goes back in if, if you don't want to create a loan. And in a period of time, my understanding is also, this is very new, that right. two or three or four months later, you will get a like a general release form saying, thank you very much, we've reviewed your documentation, everything is in order, and you have a remaining balance of whatever that is at 4% per annum, which you can pay off at any time without paying any prepayment penalty. But there is, if, if, you, if you use the money for things that weren't intended, my understanding, I heard yesterday that it was, uh, they were considering making it a felony. So I don't know what the penalty is going to be, but you don't want to mess around with the government. No, actually, I have the penalty here. Just give me one second. Great. Yeah, this came in just very, very recently. Recently, like yesterday. That's pretty recently. Yeah. So it says here in Article 7 from the SBA Code of Regulatory Compliance and Accountability, I further certify that the information provided in this application and the information provided in all supporting documents and forms is true and accurate in all material respects. I understand as well that knowingly making a false statement to obtain a guaranteed loan from the SBA is punishable by law in, under U.S. Code 18, U.S.C. 101, and 3571 by imprisonment of not more than five years and a fine of up to $250,000 or both, depending upon the severity of the occurrence. So you can go to jail if you fraudulently take money from the government. And that's, I'm glad to hear that because there's not enough to go around and we don't need people cheating on it right now. No, and you know, it's, uh, if I could use the analogy, you know, it's sort of like the IRS and paying your taxes that um, if, if you, there's a big difference between underreporting and omitting. Yes. So you can make a legitimate mistake and I'm sure that um, you have an opportunity to correct that probably with a penalty. But if you misuse the funds or you simply, um, you know, falsify documents, so you're going to pay a price. You should. And you should. Well, Peter Mantell, thank you for joining us. Independent Consultants of America. What's, how do we reach you? If anybody wants your help, how do they reach you? Yeah, the easiest way to reach me is just my personal business email, which is P as in Peter, W as in William Mantell, just like it sounds, M-A-N-T-E-L-L at our old friend, AOL.com, or on my business cell at 713-444-5209. And thank you, Stephen. It was a pleasure being with you. And let me know if I can help further. Thank you. Peter, you're always a great help. I appreciate you coming on the show.